Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. This is David. I am riding solo this week. My host, Heidi, is doing something. She's in charge of something called Girls Camp. And if you're not familiar with Girls Camp, what it is, basically it's a church activity that um, the women get together with the girls in their church and they do activities and a bunch of bonding, a bunch of cool stuff. So Heidi's happily uh, doing that. And so that's why she's not with us this week, but she will be back next week. So I'm holding down the fort for everybody. And as always, want to thanks, give a shout out and thanks to our sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS. You guys are amazing and we thank you for all that you do for us and for the community. Now for today, um, since it's just me, instead of me just rambling on and on and on about random conversations, which, you know, sometimes you guys like those episodes, <coughs> but um Instead of doing that, I thought I'd ramble on and on about answering a couple questions. So throughout the recent months, um, well, we always get questions, and thank you for people sending the questions. We don't always answer the questions, so if we haven't answered your question in the past, we truly and sincerely apologize. Sometimes we're just bad at fielding them and, and very bad at responding and putting them on the episode. But we do answer a lot of them in our minds, so we're trying to get better to answering them in the podcast and not just in our minds. So. I took a few uh, questions that all had something in common. All three of these questions have to do with some sort of stay-at-home work situation, boundaries, um, how, you know, things have to do with the quarantine and being able to work through it. So they're all kind of work-related. Uh, I guess you could say like work, home, life, balance type questions. So I'm going to answer those on the podcast for today's episode. And um, next week, Heidi will be back and we can hear all about girls camp. But until then, let's get going on some of these questions. So uh, the first one is, how do you handle boundaries at home with kids? Since I've been working at home during the quarantine, it is really difficult to deal with my kids while I'm at work. Please help. Any suggestions? Thank you. Well, thank you for that question, and I can start off by saying um, boundaries at homes with kids, and that's something that I have to deal with and, and I'm dealing with right now. So I'll give you a suggestion that I'm taking and something that I talked about recently um, to uh, a company and a group of people. And so my suggestion this is when you want your kids to behave when you have to work from home, the most important thing is to have constant communication. I think as adults, one thing that we overestimate is our kids' ability to retain information and lots of it at, at, for a very long period of time. So it's very difficult for them to do those things sometimes. So I know if you know if I tell my kids, hey, listen, don't bother me when I'm at work. A couple of days later, my son comes you know, barging in, dad, 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 dad. I'm like, Tavita, I told you don't bother me when I'm at work. You know, He doesn't remember two, three days ago when I told him don't bother me at work. 
I'm getting frustrated and yelling at him. So instead, here's what I've been trying to practice myself and which is, um, I think is a very good tool that you can use is before your work week starts, you um, pull your kids together. You tell them, hey, listen, I got a big work week. I got a lot going on. You kind of explain to them some of your stresses, some of your worries, and then tell them how it is so important that you really need them to be able to, you know, if they need something from you, um, to be able to follow some sort of rules to coming and talk to you while you're working. I know for a lot of people, uh, if their kids are old enough to text, they'll text like certain little emojis. Certain emojis will mean like, Hey, it's urgent. I need to talk to you right now. Other emojis might be like, Hey, can I talk to you at your break? Other emojis be like, can I talk to you right when you get off work? So, um, some people don't have, you know, kids have phones, you know, they, they have little knocks on the door, um, little, you know, little code word, so to speak. Um, the reason why this has been a really good tool is because if you're communicating and telling your kids, Hey, listen, here's my day or here's my week. And then as the week goes on, I would suggest every day before you start working, not sitting them down, but telling them and reminding them, listen, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, it's really urgent. Send me this text or say this word or knock on the door this many times, whatever it is you agree upon. So you're telling them a way to communicate. If they freak out and go back to old habits and old ways, then you remind them of your conversation. Say, hey, hey, hey. They go, what? Remember what we talked about before I started this shift on work today? Wink, wink. And then your kid can remember back to the conversation. The reason why this is very effective is because you're not sitting there saying, what did I tell you before we, before I started work today? Don't you remember? I told you, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't come in and barge me. Look what you're doing. You just came in and barge me. Isn't this not what I told you not to do? Very shameful, long-winded, and you know doesn't tend to work in making things better. So I would definitely suggest to trying the different, um, you know, little code words, code signals through text or voice, whatever, but most importantly, communicate before the week, before the day you get on the shift. And if they do interrupt you and give you a hard time, say, remember what we talked about, go back to the conversation when things weren't an argument and when they weren't frustrating you. Parents, I know if you're like me, you feel bad after you get upset and freak out on your kids or get upset with your kids. Even if you had good reason to get upset with them, it doesn't feel good to be upset with them. Never feels good. So try the suggestion. Uh, The next question is, let me pull back up. Okay. How do you tell your boss you can't handle more work without disappointing them or losing your job? I struggled with depression many years ago. And I almost lost my job. I do not want to lose my job again. And I think I'm getting depressed again with the quarantine and everything going on. Okay. Um, I was just kind of sifting through there. I didn't want to, there's a lot in there. Thank you for the question. I just didn't want to say everything. Okay. So how did I tell my boss? It sounds like uh, many years ago she was struggling with depression. For whatever reason at that time, maybe she was missing work. Her job performance wasn't that great, so she almost lost her job. Now she said she's starting to struggle with depression again and, of course, is fearful of losing her job because why wouldn't she be fearful of losing her job? You know, she doesn't feel like, you know, she's at her best. She doesn't feel like, you know, I'm assuming if she's depressed, she may not, you know, have a high self-worth at this at that particular moment. So she's down and out. She's going through a hard time. And who knows, maybe she, this person's going through, this woman's going through a lot of difficult you know, hard times that can't even be mentioned in this. Um, I would say the best way to go to your boss and address this with them 
is to start off with some very important statements. On this podcast, if you ever listen to me speak, I'm very big on statements. And instead of going to your boss and saying, hey, listen, um, I don't want to lose my job um, and I don't want you to fire me, but I'm starting to feel down and depressed again. I don't know if that'd be the best way to approach this. Um, I think a better way to approach this, especially um, because she says she can't handle more work and she wants to tell her boss. So she's got a very specific reason to talk to her boss. So the best way to approach this would, would be to use a very couple of specific statements or hopefully this will give you ideas for statements that you can use and come up with your um, on your own. But you go to your boss, you say, you know what, I want to thank you very much. If this boss was around at the time where you were you know, going through depression and through a hard time, um, then you can mention that you want to thank them for helping you during that time. If they haven't been around, you can just let them know. You can say, hey, listen, um, I just want to thank you that, you know, you're one of the few people, uh, at this organization that since I've been here has really made me feel good about being here as you've, you've been understanding, you've been, you know, just a great support. Now, here's the thing is, I don't know if that's actually true about this person, but you could find some truth in that, you know, you could possibly find like, Hey, you know, maybe they are a good person, you know, and maybe they do some good, some things, but what you're doing is you're giving this person some compliments some praise because you're going to want this person to be able to hear you and take you seriously. And, and sh- you know, you're going to want them to show up. So after you tell them, you know, thank you for, you know, what you've done. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but about 10 years ago or however long it was, um, I went through some difficult personal times and was struggling with depression. Um, you know, it was people like you that make me feel comfortable that even if I'm going through something horrible like depression, I could come and talk about it. And, you know, it kind of brings me to something I want to talk to you about in the first place. Um, I want to let you know that um, even though I am so committed to this company and even though that, you know, I do anything for this company, I have a weakness and I'm, I'm flawed and, and, and I'm struggling right now and not just one weakness, but many weaknesses. Maybe I'm just not in a good place right now. And so as much as it pains me, I wanted to let you know that, you know, I'm not as bad as I was, you know, 10 years ago as depression stuff, but I'm starting to feel some of those things coming on with the quarantine and stuff. So if there's any way for a short period of time, could you possibly, you know, have other people take on some of this extra workload that um, you've been giving me. Now, I'm thankful that you give me the extra workload. I take that as a compliment that you trust me enough to give me the extra work. Um, and so I, I don't want to, you know, to make you think that I'm not appreciative of that. I want to be able, as soon as I'm feeling better, I want to go back and take on extra projects and take on extra assignments because I love the job and this means a lot to me. Now, granted, I, I don't know if these are the exact truthful words for your situation, this question, but everyone out there listening and to the person who gave this question, I'm just trying to give you, you know, just like colors to paint with, you know, <laughs> and different ways to, um, to I- I- express, you know, you know, how you could talk to, you know, your boss in the situation. And then after it's all said and done, you know, you, you could let them know that, um, again, thank them for being a person that you could open up to and talk to and for not judging you and for, you know, just really hearing you out and really listening to you. If you approach someone giving them compliments for things that you would want them to do or how you want them to handle a situation before they've actually handled it or um, before they've actually done said thing, if you give them the compliment as if they've already done it, it helps steer and guide and direct them to that because everyone's driven by compliments. They're not by 
everyone's driven by compliments, but we're all to some degree driven by the reward system that comes from compliments. When we get a compliment, it makes us feel good because people notice us. They see something about us. If we're noticed, people see us, then we're less likely to be abandoned and left alone. All right. Back in the day when our ancestors had to really fight for their survival, you know, if people liked you, they're less likely to leave you out in the cold. They're going to help you out, give you some shelter, give you some food, give you some water, what have you. So, Anyways, that's how I think um, you should, you know, approach the situation by talking to a boss like that. So now let's get to uh, the third and final question. Third and final question is, how do you get your social interaction now that you're not at work? Okay, how do you get your social interaction now that you are not at work? Okay, um, you know, I've... I've talked to quite a few people about this interesting challenge that I don't think many people estimated before we went into quarantine. But when a lot of people went online for their jobs, they found out that that little banter back and forth at the bathroom or, you know, at the, at the cafeteria or, you know, at the water cooler or, you know, whatever, whatever have you, the vending machine. That little banter back and forth, the interaction. What's up, Bob? What's up, Stacy? What's up? What's up, Cam? What's up, this? You know, whatever. Those little, hey, how you doing? Check in. How's the kids? What's going on? Those little interactions back and forth is what you would have if you lived in a village together. In a village, everybody would have been in very close proximity. It's not safe for everybody to be spread out in a long area. You know, you're going to be pretty close together. And you're going to walk past each other. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? You know. I know my ancestors on you know my uh, my mother's side Polynesian they're Samoan, um, they live very much that way to to this day where they they live in a village, everybody knows everybody, and you know you have this interaction back and forth that makes you feel that you're close to people they're close to you and something about feeling close to people makes you feel safer makes you feel you can kind of let down your hair. And, you know, you feel like there's, there's some strength there with that, you know, strength in numbers, as they say. And so I think, I know I did, you know, many of us underestimated how much of a hole that would leave in us when we're not able to do work and interact socially. For those of you who don't have this happening, um, trust me, I, you know, I know for myself, I know for everyone I've talked to, um, obviously, there might be some people out there that haven't experienced this, but we're all kind of experiencing to one degree or another that not having interaction with other human beings makes us feel lethargic, melancholy. It kind of feels like it just takes the freaking wind out of your sails, man. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. And then, you know, when companies try to suggest social things and sometimes... The, that doesn't go well, you know, especially if it's after hours. People don't want to take their own private time to get together after hours. Um, or, you know, sometimes people just, and they'll try to do a Zoom social thing and people just mute their cameras, mute their phone, or mute their microphones, mute their cameras. So, you know, it's it's quite a challenge to uh, to get people to, you know, interact. And, and I know for everyone that I talk to, they feel that hole, that, that loss, you know, and, um, and it's difficult to get that social interaction because I guess what I'm saying is most of us are realizing that our work social interaction was far more of our social interaction that we ever realized. 
But it kind of makes sense. I mean, you, you, most people spend more time. If you work at a job for eight, nine hours a day, you're spending more time than eight, nine hours at that job with those people than you do with your kids. Most people, unless it's a weekend or something, or the summertime, they're not spending eight to nine hours straight with their kids every day. So if you put in that perspective, you're spending so much time with these people, you know, it makes sense why that would be a big hole missing inside of us. Um, you know, how do we get our social interaction answering the question um, without missing? Well, my main suggestion I, I'll give to everyone is you have to make it a necessity. Like you have to schedule it just like a doctor's appointment, just like a haircut. You have to think in, in using terminology like this, man, if I don't get my social cardio in, I'm going to be out of shape. If I don't get my social in, you know, I'm going to be gassed out and be tired. Like I'm fortunate enough. I talk for a living, so I get plenty of social cardio. That, that's why I can sit here and babble on and on and on <clears throat> is because I talk so much all the time and listen to so much all the time to so many different types of people that I have good social cardio. A lot of you, you know, outside of your job, you weren't getting any other social cardio and, and your job was really fulfilling you. So now you're going to have to go and get it elsewhere. Well, you are the people that are going to have to plan it. You're going to have to say, hey, I'm going to join a softball league. Hey, I'm going to do this. And I don't know if there's softball leagues right now in the quarantine. Just throwing out meta, you know, examples. No, hey, I'm going to have to, you know, get involved in this or do that or what have you. Um, you know, if we were all to see social for what it really is and in my opinion it's it's the life source like it's the power source it it's what's fueling everything i mean name something you do in your life that isn't for a relationship relationship with yourself relationship with other people school work Church, government, state, family, friends, video gaming group, <laughs> D&D group. I don't know. We're all you D&Ders out there, right? Everybody's, you know, like just, I don't know, just something about our need to be around other people, be loved by other people, love other people, have something that, that offers that other people can say, hey, what, what you're good at betters my life. Have something that we're good at, you know, having something that makes you matter and makes you necessary. These are all, you know, these are all fuel for that, for that generator or whatever that thing is inside of us. And I just think that, I'm, obviously I'm going off on a long tangent here. I just think that if we looked at it that way, it being that vital and that important to our existence and survival, I think we'd be happier as people if we put social as a much higher priority or just recognize how much we lack in our own social self-care. Some of us have crappy friends. That means you don't have good social self-care. You know, sometimes people in crappy relationships, crappy jobs, same thing. So, well, I could go on and on for you guys, but um, I think I'll end it there for now. So plan it, schedule it. You know, is the main sum up of that last question. Um, you know, thank you guys so much as always for for following us on social media. Um, as again, I apologize if anyone's following me before. I'm not on social media anymore. Um, took a hiatus. I don't know how long I'll be off it for, but I've been off it for about a month and a half, almost two months now. So, 
Um, sorry if you've sent me messages or anything. It's just uh, something I'm just, you know, just kind of taking a break from for a little bit. So, anyways, I uh, hope you guys all have a great rest of the week, great weekend. And as my co host Heidi Swap would always say and does always say, thank you for helping us light the fight. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.